Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. Today, I get to be here with Valerie Werner, who's the founder of Valmarie Paper. She's the creator of some amazing and wildly successful prayer journals and the author of Praying Confidently and Consistently. So I'm so excited to get to sit down with her and talk about prayer today. Valerie, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Well, we like to ask all of our guests on the podcast, what is your favorite prayer closet? Where do you like to go to feel close to God? Yes. So I, I have two that I thought of. One is the one that has, is a little less traditional, but it's basically um, walking around my neighborhood. We have um, a little lake nearby. So for some reason, whenever I'm walking around that lake, um, just the water and getting to see like the sunrise and the sunset um, always makes me feel really close to the Lord. And um, because I'm out a little further past people, I'm able to pray out loud. So I just enjoy um, like more undistracted prayer time. And then the other place is um, most recently, I've um, just wanted to be praying in my laundry room. Um, Just, for some reason, I've just thought whenever I go in there, I'm like, I just want to be praying whenever I'm in here, praying over my family um, as I do things that serve my family. And um, yeah, those are those are my two places right now. I love the laundry room. I feel like maybe there's been one other person that said their laundry room, but we've talked on other podcast episodes um, about the fact that when you're in your laundry room or when you're doing laundry, you can actually you know, just be praying over those clothes. It's a great reminder. It's a good prompt to just be Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'm folding clothes for my husband Mm -hmm. or I'm praying. I'm, I'm, you know, let me pray for him. And, you know, or I'm, I'm folding clothes for one of the kids or whoever it is. And it's, it's just a really good kind of built in prayer reminder and, and quiet time to be able to do that. That's great. Yeah. And I feel like it reminds you that like the, which the work that you're doing, you know, sometimes folding laundry, it really can feel very small. It it just feels like you're turning that into something so much bigger when you're praying about it. And and you're just honestly more grateful for those little mundane moments. That's totally true because I'm going to tell you laundry. I rarely have dirty laundry in my house, but I often have piles of clean laundry, which I think is worse than dirty laundry because then sometimes it gets kind of wrinkly and you got to throw some things back in. And so the folding part really is kind of a chore. And if I had to say the thing I like the least about housework, that would probably be it. And yet that like perspective shift, I could see myself being like, wow, this is an opportunity. This is great. And it would transform it so that it's actually an enjoyable. And, and like you said, rather than mundane task, it's actually a blessing and a privilege and, and, you know, kind of empower you, you know, empower you as this, you know, having authority over your home. I love that. Yes, exactly. I love, I love that you called it that. Well, you dedicate your book, uh, Praying Confidently and Consistently to your mom. It says to my mom who instilled in me the belief that God heard and responded to my prayers. And as soon as I got that, I thought, what did she do or say in your life that had that kind of impact on your faith? Yeah. So um, it's so funny because I know like my mom would tell you she had like um, just a wild upbringing. She became a Christian pretty soon after we were born. And, and she would tell you that she did not feel like a very intentional mom, um, as we were growing up, but I was a very worried kid. So we prayed about everything. 
Um, I remember one thing in particular, whenever I went to camp and I was nervous about something, she sent me a note and it was like the rational reasons why I didn't need to worry. And it was this prayer. And I clung to that and kept that paper for years just because her prayers had such a calming effect on me. And not because... I hate to even say that because it's like, it's not like this, you know, like, um, oh, it just made me feel better because she prayed. It was, uh, it, she made me, it made me feel better because I can tell she believed what she was saying. Mm. And, um, and just the God that she prayed to, that's who I wanted to be praying to. Um, but yeah, we prayed about everything. So very early on, I knew that I could pray about everything, um, to God. I love that. Wow. That is just kind of a little bit mind blowing. Just this idea of it's not the the tasks that we do to be intentional about being parents, but it's believing in that God that we want our kids to know and just letting them see that, that that's the most powerful. That's very, uh, very cool. Yeah. Well, and even now when people ask us, you know, how do you teach your kids how to pray or how do you teach them to follow the Lord? And I always say like, if we can teach our kids that God is alive, they're going to want to pray to him. Mm. If we're just teaching them like the skills of praying, um, you know, there's whenever they make those decisions on their own, like, do I want to spend 20 minutes praying every day? If they don't believe that it's to a real God and, or that he has, that he cares to hear us, that, um, that he responds to us, that there's going to be no desire to do that. So if we can instill that in our kids, that God is real and that we're praying to somebody who's alive, I, I think it makes a big difference in, um, in how they see him as they grow up. I love that. My, my mother-in-law, her number one prayer of many, she's an amazing prayer warrior for our family, but, um, her number one prayer for our kids is that they would know that God is real because it's so foundational. And like you said, it, that is the thing. That's the key. If they know he's real, then it's not going to be a chore. It's going to be, they're going to go to, it's going to be a relationship. And, and I love that part of, of that knowledge. So your, uh, your book is called praying confidently and consistently, finally, let it finally letting go of the things holding you back from your most important conversation. And I love this. This is, you know, for the, you know, person, if you're out there and you, you're passionate about prayer, it's like Disneyland. This book is every, just so thorough, so detailed, and just so fun to read. Um, it, it's a great book. Um, and I'm just wondering what inspired you to write this book and who's it for? Who's your target audience for this book? Yeah. Um, yeah. So my friend Gretchen um, from Well Water Women, we were talking one day and she actually was the one who said, you know, you need to write a book on prayer. And I think this was probably two or three years ago. And I think at the time I just thought there's so many books on prayer. Like I have read over 30 books on prayer at this point and you just feel like there's so much already out there. How am I going to do anything differently? And, you know, she, she basically said, she said, there are people who out there who will not pick up, you know, Tim Keller's book on prayer or like another really just deep book on prayer. Um, but they'll pick yours up and you'll get to like introduce them to the, a deep conversation on prayer, but in an approachable way. Um, so that really stuck with me. And, um, it probably wasn't until like a year later that the idea for this book came about. And whenever I was first shaping the book, I thought it was going to be more like about like 
the journey of prayer. Um, like each chapter is a different journey of like, you know, like at one point, my first experience was like, um, praying for like, um, a Saturn that I wanted with the, like the car whenever I was 13. And just like all the things that I learned along the way, like I wanted to show people that prayer is a journey, um, that, you know, like we don't just suddenly have it all figured out. We don't need to feel bad that we don't know everything. We just need to like grow with God. And, um, the content pretty much stayed the same, but I kind of shaped it a little differently because we've had so many conversations with our audience about prayer and the things that are holding them back. And I really just wanted to speak to that. I wanted people to like read the book and just feel motivated that they, that they could do something different and that they didn't have to feel stuck anymore. So it's basically 15 different um, things that hold us back in prayer. Um, and we base it all around the verse um, in Hebrews about um, throwing off everything that hinders us so that we can run, run our race. And um, yeah, I, I, whenever I think about a thriving prayer life, I think about just running after God and like nothing holding me back from him. That's one of my personal favorite verses because it's so, Oh Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's because it's just so, um, you can picture it. You can actually picture it just throwing off the sin that entangles, you know, you just like getting unentangled from all of this garbage and just fixing your eyes on Jesus. I love it. Um, so what would you, what are, what are, uh, there are lots of barriers and you have them listed in your book, but, um, what would you say off the top of your head or like, what are the top three maybe that you hear from women? that are the, the top three maybe barriers that, that hold people back from a conversation with God? Yeah, um, I think one of the, the main ones is feeling like they're not doing it right. Like, you know, we have a lot of, of people who, who struggle with feeling like um, they, that like we've, we've read in the Bible about um, do nots with prayer, like do not pray in vain, do not, do not babble, do not pray like in a crowd. And I think those scare us. So we just feel like that there's a lot of rules to prayer. And I think it just actually paralyzes us from actually praying. Um, and so, you know, like in the book, we talk about like just the posture of our hearts and how there's a few basic things like humility and confession and faith that are really important. But there's a lot of grace in, um, in the way we come to God, you know, like, um, you don't have to pray the acts method every time. You don't have to include all these different parts every time. You can just come to him. If you're coming humbly, if you're coming with faith, like a, a lot of the things that we worry about or that paralyzes from prayer kind of work themselves out when we're coming with just a really humble heart. Um, that's one of them. Another one that I feel like is um, the, the two other ones I would say, one is surrendering um, in prayer. Like, you know, there's a difference between praying and asking God's opinion and praying, saying, Lord, your will be done. I don't know what you're going to have me do, but I trust you with it. Like that's huge. Um, so I would say that and um, learning to live in God's presence, like having it be something beyond just like a 10 minute prayer session in the morning and at night, like how do we actually, the concept of praying without ceasing or just living life with the Lord, I think those would be three of the bigger ones that we hear um, just from our audience and, and those that we talk about with prayer. Those are all great. I, and, and I love that. And I just, you know, definitely 
there are so many topics that as I was preparing for this, I thought, how am I going to keep this to an hour or 45 minutes? You know, <laughs> there's so much to talk about. So I actually picked three that I, that I really, that really stood out to me as, as ones that I, I wanted to hear more from you about. Um, and so the first one was, I, I love the title of this. Where's my genie in a bottle understanding mm-hmm. who I'm praying to. So, you know, I, I totally resonate with that. The idea of God as a genie in a bottle, a God as, you know, the, the cosmic Santa that we just, you know, mm-hmm. where we write the list out. So I'm just wondering just, you know, what, what you have to say about if we do find ourselves, cause I feel like this can be a block because when you pray as if God's a genie in a bottle, you're not necessarily going to see powerful answers to your prayers. You know, mm-hmm. the Bible does tell us if you, um, you know, if you pray with selfish motives, then, you know, then, then you're not necessarily going to be in, in alignment with God. And so what would you say if we find ourselves focused on that? Like if you're, if you're stuck in your prayer life, you've been going through your list and you just come away from prayer, disappointed that you didn't get everything that you asked for. What are some antidotes to that or the antidote to that? And and how do we get more in yeah. touch with who God is? Oh, I love that question. Um, Cause I think it's honestly something we struggle with a lot, especially if I could say like in America um, and in this time frame that we're in, we recently started talking to people about, you know, like what did, like we want to hear from like people in their seventies, eighties, nineties about what prayer looked like for them. And what we're hearing is that people prayed so much for global um, evangelism and people, you know, like in their town, other places, they, they didn't spend quite as much time praying for themselves as I feel like we do. And that's a total generalization. Like I know, you know, like there's going to be lots of exceptions to that. Um, but it was very convicting to me as I thought about it. Um, so I think like, um, if, if you find yourself in that spot of just kind of like going through a list of prayers and they're all kind of for yourself, um, especially, um, I think starting with praying for, for kingdom minded things, things that are eternal, people's salvation, um, you know, for you to be a light to other people, like instead of just the things that are like just about our comfort, like what, what, matters to God right now. And, you know, God, God cares about us. He, he wants us to have good things, but eternally what matters to him right now in this moment. Um, and I think just having those eyes will kind of transform our prayers a little bit. Um, and I would say just also having, just recognizing the other parts of the conversation, like listening and praising God. Um, whenever I ask God a question, like whenever I'm sitting in prayer and asking a question, I'm waiting for his response. I'm not just doing all the talking. And, um, and like you said, going through the laundry list of, um, prayers of like what I need. Um, and then praise. Yeah. Like if we can, if we could just spend time thinking about that, I think it's really important. And I just thought of another, and I'm sorry, uh, this, this is such a great question. So I have lots of thoughts on it. Um, Oh man, I just lost it. Oh, um, expanding what, like if we could really open our eyes to see like where God's working, a lot of times when we're praying for like a few things and we feel like God doesn't answer them, we can feel like God's not doing anything, but really he might just be doing something in another area that we aren't opening our eyes to. Um, so I think just like having 
bigger eyes to see like what God could be doing all of all around us um, would not just expand our prayers because it would expand what we're like the list that we're praying for, but I think it would just help us to see what he's doing, how he can do so much beyond those little things. If, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. That makes perfect sense. I love the, um, just that, that point that just because you don't see God doing the thing that you've asked him to do, that you're focused, that you're focused on at the time, doesn't mean that he's not doing lots of other things in your life. And I think that is just so important to, to open our eyes to that. And, and that does involve, I guess, uh, being a little bit less tunnel visioned in our, in our prayers. Um, another question kind of along those lines of God being a genie in the bottle, like what would you say is the balance between believing that God is going to do what he wants anyway? So why bother praying? And then the other end of the spectrum, which is the name it and claim it kind of praying that just puts us in the driver's seat. And it's like kind of the laundry list prayers like, hey, if I want it, I'm going to get it because I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. What's the balance? Because I mean, you know, are, there are clear scriptures. Ask what, you know, if you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask yeah. whatever you wish. And if two or more are gathered, I'm among them and I'll do anything that you ask. I mean, it's there. there are some really uh, convincing scriptures that, yes, there is tremendous power in prayer. And we have a tremendous authority as, as children of the King to call on him, but he's still God. So what would you say to that, to someone who's frustrated? Cause you know, they feel like either the name it and claim it prayers aren't coming around or, you know, they're not praying with power because they're afraid that God's going to do what he wants anyway. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good question. Um, Cause we, we we do see like those two extremes or we can we can do either of those extremes on on a different day you know um i think to have confidence in prayer we it needs to be rooted in scripture but um it needs to be like have like a full picture of scripture one thing that i really learned while i was re- like preparing for the book was um i read a, i i tried to read as much as i could through the lens of prayer um noticing all the passages on prayer and um it really opened my eyes to some of the context, like um, those verses in John. Um, there's a chapter where I go through four or five stories that are from John. And um, and I talk about those verses of like, ask whatever you wish. And I also say, here's the other things God was, or Jesus told people in that context, or like in, in the same conversations that he was having and he's assuming that people didn't just catch that one line. He's assuming mm-hmm. you heard the rest, which talked about, you know, um, like denying yourself. And just, I can't even think of a single other one right now off the top of my head. But just the entire context of what he is saying is cannot be picked apart by different verses. And that's hard because we just feel like insecure with like, okay, well, how do we pray? Like, I don't know every instance of the Bible that God talks about prayer, but I think it's coming. That's part of the humility that we have when we come to prayer. We come knowing, Lord, this is something that it, in your word, I am thinking this is what you're saying. You know, you can even come with that. Like, you don't have to have confidence if you don't have confidence. He wants you to come honestly. You can say, Lord, you know, from what I've researched, what I'm studying, this is what I think you're saying. If this is not true, open my eyes to it. Like, just, just let me know. Scripture tells us that he gives wisdom to those who ask for it. Um, so we, we can ask for that and then we can seek it. We do need to seek it after. We can't just ask and then, you know, walk away and hope that he just shouts it to us, you know. But um, I think 
I think coming just humbly with that attitude and um, using scripture in a really intentional way, not in a way that we just feel like I'm just going to take this verse out of context, um, I think helps us to have that balance. And, um, you know, if we understand God's character and what he has done before in the past, I think we we can see patterns of what God's calling us to. Um, and then we just still hold it loosely. We still trust that God is sovereign. He is the one who um, has the best plan. And if what we want to happen, what we pray for doesn't happen, we trust. Uh, we respond with a trust that that he is he he did the best thing that was supposed to happen. Yeah. I mean, even Jesus acknowledged that, you know, yeah. please take this cup, but you know, but thy will be done, you know, whatever, whatever you have, I know it's best. And when you were talking, it just kind of reminded me that, you know, there are times when I feel like my prayers need to look like someone else's prayers. I'll see someone praying, particularly in like a group setting or, you know, someone like think of someone that you admire, you know, you admire their prayer lives and and the way that they pray. Obviously, we don't know how they pray in person in, in in their private lives, but you know, there are some people that I'm just like, wow, this person is praying with such authority. This person has confidence, and and there are people that I that I know that that are just really displaying faith. And there have been times in my life where I felt like I need to my prayers need to sound like that. And so then I start trying to conjure up confidence and I, and then I start like, well, maybe I need to start demanding things of God or, or claiming promises in a bolder way. When, like you said, no matter who we are, we have to have humility coming at the, you know, at, into the throne room and, and we need to be genuine. And so I have a feeling, and this is just my thought that maybe some of those people that are, that, that, that you really just see and experience praying in such a a bold way, have a, a long lasting relationship that they've built up to where they've seen those patterns that you're talking about and they've seen God. And so they've become accustomed to seeing God's working and, and maybe more into, whereas, you know, at the time that I'm, I'm looking at these people thinking, Oh, I should be more bold. What I need to be saying is I need to talk to God more. I need to know God better. Oh yeah. So I don't know. That was just kind of something. Cause I have, yeah, I, I know I've struggled with that feeling like I need to pray yeah. like somebody else. No, I think that's a great point to make. Cause I think, you know, and I keep referring to our audience, but we just talk a lot to them about prayer. One thing that we do hear a lot is that they're very intimidated to pray with other people. So I think mm -hmm. taking off that like pressure of like, Oh gosh, I need to pray like them and kind of changing it of like, I want to learn how to like, I want to like have that relationship with the Lord that causes me to pray like that instead of, um, mimicking like a voice or, you know, whatever. Right. I think that is beautiful. I think that's awesome. And, and I will hopefully encourage a lot of listeners. Well, I love your chap. My favorite chapter title of all is you loved that whiner, David learning to lament doubt and mm -hmm. cry out to God because, you know, I, I love David. David gives me hope because he's so imperfect in so many ways. And yet he was the man after God's own heart, but but you do kind of have this, you know, it's easy to read scripture from kind of an outsider perspective and be like, wow, you know, uh, David really did go on and on. And, and, you know, what is the, so yeah, I think that as Christians, sometimes we feel the need, especially in group settings for 
for our prayer lives to look tidy and positive and, you know, for us to come, you know, looking like, oh yeah, everything's good. But you just really lay out this, this power of lament and even doubting God and, and trusting God with all of your emotions. Um, so do you think that we stifle this sometimes in our prayers as, as a whole? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. I think we assume that it's not what God wants. And um, we, it's hilarious because we think we can hide it from him. And obviously we can't. And right. instead of bringing it to the one who can do something with it, we're trying to tuck it away and like hope it doesn't come out in our voice or in our attitude. But it's, it. Uh, yeah, I definitely think it's something that we do. And I think it's just something that... um we we don't want to appear ungrateful. We don't want to appear like, you know, the Israelites grumbled and complained. Like we hear about that. Like we don't want to grumble and complain to God. Like that seems so foolish. But then the alternative is hiding it and not dealing with it. Like God doesn't want us to complain. Like he doesn't love complaining and whining. He loves us taking it to him so that he can can do something with that. And I think that's we forget that we forget that the reason we go to him is not because God loves complaining and it's not because he, we don't take it to, or we don't not take it to him because he hates it. We take it to him because he wants to transform it. That's a great perspective to have. Um, and when we keep it to ourselves, I know personally, when I try to, you know, keep those doubts or those bad feelings inside, I mean, Satan can use that to, to cause a festering and, and, you know, uh, a breeding ground for lies about God. Um, you know, I just, I know that, that there is something very freeing about expressing disappointments in prayer, um, disappointments in, in God's plan and story that's unfolding in front of you that when it doesn't look like you want it to, um, and not only to God, but to other people, you know, I think that sharing those struggles and not feeling like my prayer group is going to think less of me if I'm, if I'm not good every week when, you know, if I'm not just sounding like the, the, what I think the good Christian prayer warrior should sound like, like, oh yeah, no, God's got this when I don't know if he does. And I really am struggling with that feeling and, and, you know, being vulnerable and open. Um, and along those lines though, do you think there is a place for censoring our prayers and our doubts and our anger with God in a group setting. This is just kind of a question. I'm just wondering because, mm-hmm. you know, I've been thinking about it and mm-hmm. I've heard yeah, people say before, you know, be careful how you portray yourself to someone with kind of a, a less mature faith. Be, be careful how you present your doubts to someone that's looking up to you, um, whether it's our children or other women. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a fan of transparency, but is there too much? What is your opinion on that? Um, I've never been asked this. So this is a great question. Um, I think that whenever, like, I think there is corporate limit and then there is private limit. And I think like the things that we struggle with personally, I think we first need to go to God. It doesn't mean that we can't go to other people with it, but I think if we were pouring it out to God first, uh, I don't want to say it would be my hope, but like, I think the intention would be that the Lord maybe gets the rawest parts of us. He gets mm-hmm. the things that, that, um, are just hard, hard to hear maybe for other people. Um, he gets those things. And, um, I think we can 
can share those with other people. But I think my thought would be, what is the intention of doing it with other people? Like you would want it to be edifying to the group if you're doing it with other people. And if it's not, then there is no reason that it, you can't pray by yourself. Like, you know, like with something, it's not something that says like, you have to pray with other people, confess these things. Um, or I mean, confession, not, I'm not talking about confession, but um, doubt and lament and like the things that hurt, we're just hurt by. Um, that would be what my thoughts, but um, I don't, I'm trying to think what the Bible says about this specifically. I mean, I can think of times when they lamented together as like a nation or things like that. Um, but, but that, that is probably all I can think is like, what is the intention behind sharing it? Is it, you know, like sometimes we just, we want to have room to complain, like kind of oh, like how yes. we say, like, we have gossip as this, we say it's a prayer, saying a prayer request, but really <laughs> we just want to gossip. Right. So maybe if we just wanted to have room to complain, we, we make it like it's a lamenting prayer with other people, but really we just want to tell like, Lord, I'm just struggling so much because of what, you know, like we, we vent all these things that are hard that we want other people to know we're going through hard things. So, um, yeah, I'd love to hear what you think on that one. No, I think that's a great answer. I mean, my suspicion <laughs> was that, yeah, we, we definitely, there, there are no limits with God because he knows anyway, right. Other than, yeah, we, you know, allow ourselves to get into, uh, like spiral down into negative thought patterns, you know, instead of giving it to God, we're just talking mm -hmm. to God down a, a bad rabbit trail, you know, but but with other people, I definitely, I, I do feel like there should be some limits and what I loved. And I, I wasn't decided on how I felt about it. And I, I loved your, your litmus test of what is this? What is the purpose of this? The danger of trying to just draw attention to yourself or get sympathy or, um, or, or complain. And, and, you know, the scripture that came to mind is just where it talks about, and I'm going to butcher it, but you know, whatever, um, you know, that we need to, to speak things that are going to build up the body and that mm -hmm. we need to build each other up. We need to sharpen each other and wearing a mask and pretending like everything's always okay is not building up the body. It's not, it's not being real, but there are certain things that definitely, I think that litmus test would really help of what is the purpose of this? How is this going? Is this going to in any way, build up the body, sharing a struggle and then, you know, asking for prayer is one thing. Um, but there's a line. And I think that litmus test you give is really very helpful. I think that's a great answer for that. Thanks. Yeah. Well, and, and it could be confusing to, like you said, like to a new believer, they might just, it, they might have trouble separating complaining to God. And um, like you are, we're going to God to, like I said, like, um, give this over to him or we're just complaining. So I feel like if somebody hears that, it, it could be confusing, but, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it doesn't mean that there's never a place for it, but you're right. It, there, the, the litmus test would be helpful to know what our motives are and, and, and how it can help other people or not. Yeah. Well, we are like time flies when you're having fun, we're running out of time. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to cover everything that I wanted to ask you, but I just wanted to know, um, what is your biggest prayer struggle and what do you love most about prayer? Man, um, uh, this is probably going to sound weird, but I feel pretty content in my prayer life right now. Um, as far as like getting to pray 
consistently with God. And um, he's been growing my prayers a lot in the way like I have been somebody who prayed a lot for myself. And he's given me a greater passion for praying for other people, uh, intercessory prayer and praying for the world. Um, But at the same time, I think you always want more of him. You always want like you're there's always going to be more room to grow. And I'm excited to see what God does with that. Um, and it kind of ties into what I love most about prayer, which is just, I love that whenever I pray and, um, and, and it's not every single time. Cause you know, sometimes those, those prayers, um, I feel like I'm, they can be more surface level, but whenever I'm praying and really truly just so, um, overwhelmed by who God is and that I'm getting to pray with him, it's just the craziest thing. It's the craziest thing to know that you get to pray to the God of the universe, the God who created you, the God who made everything around you. Like we have access to him and he wants to talk to us. He wants to inform us of like inform us in a way that affects our whole life. Like he wants to give us wisdom for what to do next. And like, if we just thought about like, we have the the, the wisest being the the one who wants our good. Like he's, he wants to guide us in every decision that we make on earth. Like why would we not, um, just embrace that relationship, but just n- getting to know him on an intimate level and knowing that like, this is just a little taste of what heaven is going to be like, um, just having eternity with him. I think it's just, I am very biased, but I think prayer is the most amazing thing that you can do with your time. <laughs> I love it. Well, where can listeners connect with you online and on social media and find your book and what is your release date? Um, October 12th, October 12th. So yeah. 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 Um, and you can find it, find everything at valmariepaper.com. Um, I'm not on social media much right now. So we do our newsletter and everything. That's where I share a lot of my just ongoing thoughts, but, um, we have our journals and everything at uh, valmariepaper.com along with the book. All right. Well, where, uh, how can we pray for you today? And I'll close us in prayer. Oh, Yes, I would love prayers um, for this book. Uh, and and I'm sure you experience this ongoing, but there's so much spiritual war- warfare around making it a mission to get people or help people pray more. Um, because it's literally just, you know, if you're getting people to pray more, there's just, it, it is a multiplying effect. So I would love prayers for protection as we go through this book launching process. Um, and we want to reach so many people with this. Um, I felt the Lord put on my heart to pray for a hundred thousand copies. And, um, I always say I tried to make it that we were praying. I was like, okay, God will impact a hundred thousand people. And I really felt him specifically want me to pray for copies sold because I can't measure how many people have been impacted. And if I can't measure it, I, I, I can rationalize it and not give him the full glory. So um, this is a very big prayer for us. This is not something we can do in our own strength. And that is exciting to me because I know that if it happens or when it happens years down the road, we will be able to point people completely to like what the Lord is doing through this. So that is my prayer to reach a lot of people and for his protection as we walk through it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Valerie. This has been great. And I'm excited about your book. I can't wait for our listeners to get to read it and um, and we'll definitely be praying for that for you. Thank you. God, we just thank you so much for this time. Thank you for the gift of prayer, just this amazing 
just mind-blowing gift. We just pray that you help us to understand the gravity of what it means for us to be able to step into your throne room and actually be face-to-face with you. We just, we take it for granted so often or, or treat it as a chore when, when it's just, it is such a privilege and a gift that you didn't have to give us. You did not have to give us a connection, a direct connection to you. You did not have to invite us into the process of ushering in your kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. And we just, we just really pray that you'll help us to just open our spiritual eyes to see you at work, um, open our minds to how you want us to pray and, and transform our hearts, just conform them to the, the will of, of you and just the things that are important to you would be important to us and, and show us how we can take one step closer to you, whatever that looks like in our lives right now. We lift up Valerie and um, just this amazing book that she's poured her heart and her soul into. Father, we just thank you for that anointing and just that calling to write this book and the way that you shaped it into exactly what you wanted it to be. We just pray that you would um, that you would answer this prayer of one hundred thousand copies being sold and countless souls being influenced. We pray salvations would come as a result of this book. We pray that dead prayer lives would be resurrected and, uh, and just, uh, dull and, and kind of, um, prayer lives that have been in a, in a holding pattern would be renewed and rejuvenated and that women would get this book and want to pray with passion. We pray for protection against any of the enemy's attacks. We know they will come. They have come, they are coming and they will come. And we just know that the battle is won that, uh, that you are the victor. And so we do pray God in Jesus name that you would surround Valerie and her ministry and her book and everything involved in it with, uh, with your protection, um, that you would just keep the enemy from, um, derailing any of the the plans to get this book into the hands of all of the people that need it and, and that you have ordained to have it. And we just thank you so much for, um, for this book and just for Valerie's willingness and obedience put it into print and we pray your blessing on her and her home and her family in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the praying Christian women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to praying slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.